The Meet for TCAS is brought to you in part by SoneLab, a recording studio in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Offering recording, mixing, and mastering of all styles of music, we even master podcasts. Email info at sonelab.com for more information. That's info at sonelab.com. That's the record button. Have we started? We have started. So, this is the Meet for TCAST. You might always start like that. Who knows? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of the Meet for TCAST. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark Allen Miller. I'm Elizabeth McDuffie. And we are grateful you are back with us again for another season. This is our 76th episode, if you count our bonus episodes, which I hope you've been enjoying, clips of my appearances on other podcasts, and me which too. have all been really fun. Me too. I was on. I was on one. <laughs> yeah, you were. Is that in our bonuses? Yeah, yeah. It's about midway through the uh, through season three. It was when we were on Creative Piecemeal. Oh, we were both on that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was communicating with. Tammy Takayashi just today. It turns out she does write poetry and short fiction, and we can look forward to submissions from her for Meet for Tea, the literary journal. And um, after she's published Meet for Tea, we can invite her on to the podcast. Yeah, that would be actually really a lot of fun to it be able to pick be. her brain as opposed to her picking our brains. Yeah. Yeah, although we don't to. pick brains, we just have pleasant conversations. Which we, boy, for this for this inaugural episode of season four, boy, did we have a pleasant and fun conversation with our lovely friends, Donna Lynch, Stephen Archer, Bram Stoker Award nominees, rock stars, all around awesome artists, creative people, writers. They're a power couple. They're amazing. Yes, they are. Fortunate to have them as our house guests a few months ago when they came out and Stoneburner played a show along with Out Out. With with me, yeah. Yeah. Actually, we talk about that a little bit and and actually how they've inspired me too. Oh, gee, just listen to the episode. It's coming up in a minute. Yeah. (laughs) And there is a reading from Donna's new book, Girls from the County tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Which tomorrow night will be probably... Who knows when that will be for you, but... um, Earlier tonight, if you're actually hearing this when this episode comes out, because it's probably coming out the evening of her reading. Yeah. Yeah. It might be archived, too. I don't know. Interesting. But that's exciting and fun news. We have a little sad, sad, sad news. Yeah. Yeah. Our friend, artist and poet, Corinne DeWinter, who publishes as R.C. DeWinter. I got word that she had died Monday night uh, around midnight or just a little bit thereafter. She's only 56 or 57. I'm not sure which, but right around there. So we are quite sad that that bright light was extinguished far too soon. So sudden. 
really, really, sad. really, really sad. She left a whole community. Yes. Shook. Very much. We are shook. So now it feels to me like just yesterday I was mailing her a contributor's copy. I was lucky enough to publish her in the Cheek issue. You can get your hands on a copy. But meanwhile, I'm going to treat you to her poem, A Catalog of Stray Observations by a superannuated Flanus. Summer's here and the bars are crowded, along with the beaches, malls, and every other place we go to forget the fragility of life. In a world where foolishness masquerades as courage, and we all think we're invincible until the day we wake up dead. The flags are flying in Tokyo, but the reaper's there too, moving silent and hungry as he feeds his insatiable appetite, feasting on the multicolored souls of pilgrims from 206 countries come to cheer the best and brightest in a dizzying catalog of competition celebrating the triumphs of bodies devoted to human perfectibility. But despite years of training and toning, these paragons of physicality are every bit as vulnerable to mutating pathogens. As I, a silent passenger whose only exercise is taking out the trash, the autonomy of lungs filling and deflating, and trying not to lose my mind in the clamor of an overcrowded world where lies are taken for truth and truth is hidden in dark halls accessible only to the elite. And even there, the leisure domain of liars with fast hands and full purses colors fact with the gloss of deceit. And now that I've wandered from the stage of the world, carrying nothing but the nonsense of these stray observations, to the basement that makes it go round, I'll take out the trash, pour myself a drink, sit down, and shut up. Wow. Farewell, and we love you. Yeah. Corinne, may you rest in power. Yes, may you rest in power, Corinne. And this goes out to all of her her friends, her family, her loved ones. Who I know. Murchie and Jim Joe uh, and George geez. Linker and Chris Croto. So many people. So many. So very, very many. So this goes out to you all, and we uh, we hold you in, in our hearts. We certainly do. Yep. Very sudden, very tragic. So, yay! To celebrate Corinne is a good thing that we can do. Her genius lives on, and she's a Bram Stoker Award winner, I'm mm-hmm. fairly certain. I'm pretty and sure, yeah. she's well-published in Meat for Tea and multiple other places. We'll try to get all that in our show notes for you. Yes. In happier news, yes. we have a Cirque, a virtual Cirque this time, because... Although the CDC has dropped guidelines and mask restrictions and although our local state and I don't think any local states are enforcing anything, the numbers, the COVID numbers are still high. High enough that really honestly, I had to make the call. 
where the studio where we typically hold the Cirques prior to the shutdown, while it's a big studio. It is big. The lounge where everybody congregates, like at a kitchen at a party, and I mentioned that later on in this episode, is where everybody hangs out. It gets really tight. And it gets very tight. It's not that big. So we just had to make the call. I, I just didn't feel ready. So I have not contracted COVID yet. Not Nor really. have I, and I'm immune compromised. So yes. So we're being very cautious. Fortunate. So perhaps in December we'll be doing one again. But on September 10th, when we release the Dahlia issue of Meat for Tea, which when I selected that theme, I had no way of knowing that Korean would no longer be with us, but Dahlia happens to be her favorite flower, so I do dedicate that issue to our memory. And on September 10th, we will bring you a virtual Cirque. Yes, so check out Facebook, the Meet for Tea page there, because we have a event listing and the video will be linked live. It'll be a, a premiere video, so if you keep your eyes on that and click attending on that, you will get notifications, but I would check back the day of September 10th for the link to the live video. There'll be virtual art on exhibit from Jeff Stoddard, along with a short film of his, the Western Mass Comedy Group featuring Ezra Pryor, Jason Gallagher, and Ryan, oops, I neglected to put his last name. We'll put it in the show notes. Ah, oops. Um, we'll also be Sorry, joining Ryan. us. And we also have Outro and Stephen Schmeltz of Curious Buddies providing music. There will be a good deal of spoken word, including Steve Waxman reading from his new book that he published with Oxford University Press, live music in America. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Again, show notes. You're keeping track, right? <laughs> Trying to. Yeah. But... Regardless. It's a lot. It's anyway, a lot of information. You, you can you can you can also Google all these people because they come up pretty easily. Steve Waxman is pretty easy to find. So do tune in for the virtual cert because there will be a lot of art and a lot of music and film and shenanigans and it will be fun mm-hmm. and COVID friendly. Yeah, I know a lot of people are like, oh, we're we're all good, we're all good, but I've had two coworkers contract COVID in the past three weeks, maybe possibly three in the past three weeks. And I can't count the number of friends I hear from who are either recovering from it or just got it. So yeah, we're being cautious because we just, we just don't feel we're quite ready yet. The world may think it's ready. At least the United States may think it's ready, but I don't know. Haven't got it yet, so I guess whatever we're doing, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. In other good news, yes. And I don't know if you all knew, there's a really cool new platform for listening to podcasts, and it allows you to. It kind of works like Goodreads. You can review podcasts. You can recommend them to your friends. It's called Good Pods. It's fantastic, and I looked today, and we're. Number 55 on the top 100 
arts podcasts in their charts. So woohoo. I'm happy with that ranking. We, we peaked know, a little while back, a little higher than that, actually. 25. Yeah. So, hey, go check out Good Pods and like us and send us a review there, which you can do on Apple Podcasts as well. Yeah, but you're not going to move our ranking Good Pods unless you yeah. subscribe and listen and review us in Good Pods. And I would love to see us make our way back up. Maybe y'all could help us become the number one spot in the arts podcast category. Crack the top 10 would be good for me. I'm, I'm shooting for number, number one. Because that's how I roll. Like the Ruddles. You're my number one. Number one, number one. Okay. <laughs> and we have a lovely review from Mistress Miriam. Rockstar extraordinaire. Oh, yeah. Of the Mistress Miriam show. And she says, Delish. If you have a craving for a podcast that explores modern culture with significant voices, Meat for Tea will satisfy you. Elizabeth and Mark have fun and informed conversations with exciting guests. You never know what tidbit you might find out. Ooh, scandals, scandals, scandals. As an entertainer, musician, and storyteller, I personally related to Daniel's process. She's talking about our episode of Daniel Hales. Oh, yeah. But all episodes are a treat. So thank you, Miriam, for yeah, that. Thank you. So look for us on Good Pods. Subscribe, follow, rate, review us. What did she say about? What was it about? Uh, about the conversation? Was, um, go back a little bit. Just. You never know what tidbit you might find out. Ooh, scandals, scandals, scandals. Yeah, those those moments. We may have some of those moments for you in store coming up very soon. I'm fairly certain we do. <laughs> like always, Meet for Tea is an unscripted podcast. It is not an interview podcast. So for those of you joining in with us for the first time, welcome to the Meet for Tea cast. We just have chats. We just we just have chats with artists and writers and musicians that have worked with Meet for Tea, the magazine or the live circs or both. So if you're wondering how to support us, a really fine, fine way to do so is to subscribe to Meet for Tea, the Arts Literary Journal. It's a lovely, perfect bound, averages 140 pages roughly or so. Mm-hmm. An issue, meetfortea.com forward slash subscribe. Dot HTM, of course, but you can just go to meetfortea.com and find it all there including our merch store where we have added beach towels and it's still hot. You need a Mitini beach towel. You know you do. They're awesome. You can use it as a bath towel during the winter. You can. Hang it up in your bathroom for your bathroom decor. It looks snazzy. And t-shirts and mugs and pint glasses and water bottles and all sorts of fun stuff. All sorts of fun stuff and more to come mm-hmm. you can also just donate yeah on the donate page at meetfortea.com or through the good pods app actually is a tip jar too which the is really good nice good pods has a tip jar and hey five dollars in the good pods tip jar gets you a pdf yep of the current issue just make sure that i have your email so i know where to send it 
Yeah, if you're a Patreon subscriber, and we are working to build our Patreon content up We're more. bringing you more. If you're a Patreon subscriber and you do the $5 a month tier, you also get every issue of the magazine that comes out and all the bonus content as well. So there's that. And there will be more. We promise there's more bonus content coming. We're trying to ramp that up for you. So we're keep working your eye on, on it. That. We're, yep. We were getting a new issue of the magazine ready and the virtual circ ready. And we've got a chat book in process too. So we're busy. We make a lot of stuff, guys. And we're trying to make more. But we there's are. only so many hours in the day and but so many days en- in the year. There's lots you can enjoy. Yes, there is. Well, have we tapped all the uh, the buttons here? I think we have tell your friends and your family. Oh, and yeah. That's true. Complete strangers. And how do you tell complete strangers about the Meat for Tea cast, you wonder? Well, it's simple. You go to our spring store and you get a Meat for Tea cast t-shirt. <laughs> you brought it back around. That's awesome. You don't have to say a word. Just walk around in that shirt and you're telling complete strangers about the Meat for Tea cast. And it's spiffy looking, I think at least. And they're soft and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Shall we get into this? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into this. Our conversation with Donna Lynch and Stephen Archer. Archer. Here it comes. Brace yourselves. All right. Hey, Stephen and Donna. Do an official welcome. We should. Welcome to season four, episode one, our premiere episode of season four. And we are honored to be joined by Bram Stoker Award winners and rock stars, Stephen Archer and Donna Lynch. Hello. Hi. Just just nominees, not winners yet. Nominees. Well, I guess (laughs) hope springs eternal. Yes. Well, yeah, that's why I'm saying yet, not yet. Yes. (laughs) Keep that out there. Nominee is pretty good. I, I I've been nominated for a Grammy a couple of times. Really? Never won. That's cool. Yeah, for for records that I've recorded, I was I was an engineer on a Grammy winning record. I recorded drums for two songs on the last Kill Switch Engage record, and that one won Best Metal Album. So nice, kind of cool. So that's, I guess I do. I <laughs> I guess I have a Grammy. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we've been in somebody's house that has a Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, <That's> cool. <laughs> The guy that I'm working with on the podcast, or not the podcast, on the audiobook, uh, has Grammys also, so that's pretty yeah. cool. Hey, um, why don't we start with that? Tell us about the audiobook, Stephen. A few years ago, I did a, a, um, a graphic novel of Mask of the Red Death, and it got nominated for, uh, for a Stoker. And I thought, well, hey, you know, I do this music thing, and I've always done music with, with dialogue and stuff, and I thought it'd be cool to do an uh, audiobook version of it that was scored and had um you know just atmosphere to it and didn't really think much about it and then one day i was listening to another audiobook and this guy uh named stefan rudnicki was reading it and i was like hey that's cool i really like that guy's voice and he'd be perfect and since we live in the future i jumped on twitter and just wrote him not knowing that he was like this two-time grammy winning guy who who was a fairly big deal in the audiobook community and he was really into it. And so we did that. Cool. And then um, he liked it so much that he wanted to do more of them. So we're doing doing another one for, for uh, Halloween. Nice. Super cool. 
I imagine mm-hmm. I'll be hearing that at some point when it's finished. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, what will the one you're doing for Halloween be? Will that it's it's based on um, a bunch of uh, short stories, uh, kind of uh, early cosmic horror, the Carcosa cool. stuff. Yeah, it's nice. All all the books are all uh, public domain, so really it doesn't cost us anything but time to do them. So it's nice. Oh yeah, that's actually really clever. I hadn't thought about that, but that makes perfect sense. What's the title? Um, I think Beyond Carcosa. Nice. Cool, cool. And I've still, I've, I need to get my hands on a copy of Mask of the Red Death, illustrated by you. I want it. That, that's on my list for sure. Do I follow you on Twitter? I feel like I don't. I feel like I need to address that. Yeah, it's, it's my ego likeness on Twitter. Yeah. Do yeah. you even post? Do you know yeah, my, my Facebook automatically posts oh, okay. to it, but... Yeah, he's just ego likeness on Twitter. And yeah, I, I feel very constrained by the character limits, so I don't post that very often. I heard they recently increased them. They did, yeah. I mean, it's still tight. It sort of it, doesn't it automatically break it into like chunks, part one, part two, or something like that. No, oh, I don't know. No, I yeah, mean, if I you know. post something from someplace else, I think it does. But if you, oh, right. you know, if you're just typing, it just starts telling you that you you have too many letters. I don't know. Now I have to learn TikTok, so that'll be on my list of things in the next month or so that I have to figure out. Why do you have to learn TikTok? Uh, record label. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah, my label wants yeah. me to, to go and get TikTok famous. <laughs> right, right. It's hard to be clever for the kids. Don't they know how old you are? I know, right? <laughs> hey, fellow kids! But <laughs> <laughs> I have arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why I joined Twitter. It was Artifact Records said, do you, do you have a Twitter account? I said, no. And they said, get one. And then, of course, it just devolved into me basically like getting into fights with people over politics. And I said, okay, that's <laughs> enough of that. Oh, well, you know what? That makes a good point. You're going to have a new platform to argue with people on now. Yeah, there won't have like, month-long suspensions yet. It'll be a whole, it'll be like tabula rasa, you know? I have to say, I started a TikTok a little while ago because... My friends were just, you know, TikTok bombing me constantly with things. And I, you know, I was like, I just, I got to go see what it is and figure it out. And I'm so terrified of it. It makes me so nervous every time I'm on there because I feel like I'm about to accidentally post a video I don't mean to with some terrible filter on it. And Mm -hmm. like, I feel like it has the potential to ruin my life. And I'm very, very scared of it. <laughs> no, I get, I get that fear. That it's, it's held me back from messing around with TikTok. I'm like, ooh, I, I'm wary. Yeah, but um, yeah. Stephen, if you're, if you're going to be on TikTok, I guess I'm just going to have to get that app on my phone. I had it for like five minutes, and me too. I was immediately bored with the fodder that was on there. So I was like, okay, well. <laughs> My phone was telling me it was too full. You can do live broadcasts on it, and I'm in the mm-hmm. middle of rebuilding. I'm hopefully, in the next week, I'll be done with it, rebuilding my broadcasting space. And so, and once that's up and running, it's going to be it's this whole really involved thing, multimedia show. So, um, yeah, but I need to kind of get in and do that for that. So, can you use like OBS and broadcast to TikTok and Facebook and all that at the same time? Yeah, yeah, there's um, what is it? Uh, yeah, there's a service I use, and I can't think of what it's called off the top of my head, but it broadcasts 
to everything all at once uh, and multiple Facebook accounts and stuff like that. Neat. So, and I, and I got a new computer for multimedia stuff. So I'm running like five video cameras and a whole bunch of other like multiple video screens all going at the same time. It's cool stuff. Uh, that, that sounds super cool. Actually, if you remember the name of the service, I want to know uh, because that sounds like something I might want to implement. I can actually see if I can uh, switch out of this. It's, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's Restream. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Restream, okay. Yeah, it's a subscription thing. You pay like, I don't know, 15 bucks a month or whatever. And, uh, Ouch. And then you just uh, set up the set up all the accounts and it just does it all for you logs everything in hmm might be worth it i think i looked at that when we did that one that first virtual cirque and we i had tempted to live stream it as opposed to just uploading it to facebook and youtube and doing a premiere and it oh, was jesus christ it got really laggy and weird oh my god that was so nightmarish i didn't, I didn't know what i was doing i'd, I'd never used uh, I was using OBS and I'd never used it before. I think I can give myself PTSD just remembering that. You have to you have to <laughs> plug right into your router too. Like I, so I do my live spaces in the garage, and so I had to get like a, a um, weatherproof uh, Cat five hundred feet of it to run it from the garage underneath the deck into a crack in the wall, up into the house, up to the router. But <laughs> This is convoluted. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't like being wireless. Yeah, that, I think that was part of my problem. Yeah, it was not fun. It was raining. I was under the deck, and I was just like, why oh am I gosh. doing this? Because you're the guy who does the shit other people don't do. That's why. Um, yeah, and you get it done, man. You get it done. I did. You I did. do get well, it done. Well, you're the first person that wanted to you know, do anything like that in the garage. So, you know, that's why you had to do it. Well, yeah, it's true, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it right after right after lockdown started because I was thinking this is a whole paradigm shift. You know, it's just like the people who uh, who got MySpace really early on and were able to like create careers out of it. You know, oh, so yeah, I was thinking, those well, people, people are going to be really need you know wanting some some sort of live show or something that they can feel connected. So I was able to 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 provide that, and it worked out really well for us. You know. Yeah, no, I remember when you were doing that, it was fantastic. Now, of course, now you got me thinking about Tila Tequila. Oh, is she from one oh, of Oh, super early. She was She was a big MySpace, MySpace influencer. Yeah, she was uh, a big MySpace awful. personality. <laughs> she is awful. <laughs> yeah, no, it was It was like, okay, this is just vapidity personified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I hadn't. I haven't thought about that. But it, it paid off because I mean, even when I, I'll go out and I'll do shows, and I'll have people that will come out and say, "I, you know, that was how I became aware of what you did." So, so that was cool. Oh, there you go. That's very, very cool. He's gone really faint in my. You just got really faint in my earbuds, Stephen. Um, don't worry. Everything gets copiously edited in post. There are no pauses or mistakes. No one goes to the bathroom. No one says, um, and everybody knows everything immediately. And it's all due to the magic of editing. I'm going to the right now. That's fine. Still. Oh my gosh. How do you get rid of all the ums? That's going to be terrible yeah. for us. Well, you can get rid of ums as long as they're not attached to the end of another word. Oh my God. I'm going to mess it up so bad now. <laughs> um, don't worry. Never, about it. never I, somebody with anxiety that 
something could happen. One way or the other, something good could happen or something bad. Either way, it's still going to be bad. I've had these couple interviews and podcasts and things, and I was doing one last night, and I was answering the question and then I, I literally said I was like I don't remember the question what am I talking about right now <laughs> I <just started laughs> laughing we and you know I don't think that's getting edited out I think it's just we're just keeping it in there <laughs> oh boy well it adds spice I've actually probably done that in an interview just been like hold on what yeah Where was I? I it's not uncommon but I was trying to you know keep things together a little more than that. But yeah, it's, it's good. It's just going to be what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I just did the most mortifying thing in a guest spot. I was in talking about um, a deep dive into the character of Shauna from Yellow Jackets mm-hmm. on the No Book Club Yellow Jackets podcast. And the host, charming British fellow, Matt Latham, was talking about the ambiguity in the show. Like, is it supernatural? Are there scientific and rational explanations for everything that happens? And maybe my coffee haven't hadn't kicked in yet or something, but I misquoted Freud. Now, what Freud said was that ambivalence is the most commonly felt human emotion. Mm-hmm. But it's been immortalized on air, me saying that Freud said ambiguity is the most commonly felt human emotion. And we know that ambiguity is not even emotion at all. So (laughs) I will perpetually be mortified. And this has just been, this is out there for, you know, ever possibly. Emotions can be ambiguous though. So I suppose there's something. Yeah, but ambiguous is an adjective. Well, here's the good news. People have terrible attention spans and, they will probably, you know, not even think about it again after a certain point. Probably when I started to quote Freud, most people just tuned out immediately, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was part of it was Matt sent us a, an excerpt from the podcast that we released on our podcast as here. a special bonus it was a little episode. Bonus thing. And honestly, even though I listened to every second of the excerpt that he sent. And I actually listened to most of the original podcast as well. I don't remember her saying it. So there you go about my attention span. I'm just getting ready for someone to ask me to hand my advanced degrees back. Are we still doing that? What? Is that interview still happening or? No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. not paying attention. Dude. No, no, I'm just kidding. Where are we? What's going on? Who are these people? Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome to the meta version of Me for Tea. <laughs> Speaking of off-kilter and Bram Stoker Award winners. Sorry, I was posting a picture of our cat. <laughs> cute. I'm a little off-kilter, too, because I found out night before last at 12.30 after midnight that my friend, poet that I've published, also a Bram Stoker, actually a Bram Stoker Award winner, Corinne DeWinter, had suddenly died. Hmm. Oh, I saw some posts about that. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. She was published in the Cheek issue of Meat for Tea, so I was literally just mailing her a contributor's copy just under a year ago, and I was just on the verge of asking her to be at... Um, a 
literary festival I'm part of to be on the Meet for Tea panel as one mm-hmm. of my readers. And lo and behold, and she's like 56, maybe 57. I saw. Just sudden I'm, I'm, sudden yeah, I'm heart attack. Oh, it was a heart attack. Oh, my God. Seizure That's and awesome. then heart attack. Mm-hmm. Not to put like a dark spin on our podcast, but hey, we're talking about Edgar Allan Poe and Mask of the Red Death and... We can go dark with our subject matter. Yeah. We, we can accommodate well, I saw, that. I saw a, a whole bunch of really lovely tributes to her today as I was scrolling through social media. Um, I didn't know her myself, but that is really, really unfortunate. She seems like a wonderful person. Yeah, she, her writing is brilliant. Uh, if you look at look up the cheek issue, I've published some of her poems there. She's in a few other issues yeah, prior to I'm that. Like- and. She was on my list as someone to also have on as a guest on the Meet for Tea cast. So, yeah. I mean, as sad as I am, I can't imagine her boyfriend right now. That's just so young. Closer friends. It is. It's just like wild. It was just so sudden. It was just so sudden. As it happens, though, this upcoming issue of Meet for Tea, I, I had picked the theme of Dahlia long before this tragedy occurred. And it turns out that's her favorite flower. So I'm hoping it's hard to get people motivated to do more than post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping those posts make their way to the Meet for Tea Gmail, which I have asked people to do, so I can dedicate this issue to her memory and have a nice substantial section of the magazine in tribute to her. Yeah. Yeah. You should. Um... I don't know. People usually pay more attention to things when it's something like that. So you probably won't have we'll a hard see. time. We'll see. It, I, I, I'm a um, professional herder of cats. Yeah. So yeah. I think I've, <laughs> I've got the skill set to make so it happen. Does Sophie need herding? Does she need herding? She never <laughs> needs it. Like as long as... All you have to do is sit down yeah. and she will come to you immediately because... Yeah. She doesn't like to be more than five inches away from me at any given point in time, so That's... it's not too hard to hurt her. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad she's doing better, by the way. I, don't, I am you know, too. I don't know how I'm many so of happy. Are aware, but, you know, she, she had a rough patch there while you guys were I know, it was scary. out on the road. She really did. I think she, um, I think she went blind in protest like to try, <laughs> in order to try to make us stay. And come back quicker. I think it was all just a, a fake out. No, she really <laughs> <laughs> like little kids who hold their breath. It's like if I if you don't get me that, I'm gonna hold my breath. <laughs> I just thought of uh, in a Christmas story when Ralphie has that. Oh my god, I love that movie. Back blind because. His mother washed his mouth out with soap when he was a kid. That was kind of what I was picturing with Sophie. But um, now she seems she has made a recovery. So there were a couple of conditions that were mentioned as possibilities that would have explained a temporary blindness. So, um, you know, but like I had said, we're not, you know, she's a 17 year old Sphinx cat and we're not putting her through any more testing. Good. No, no. I think that's good. A kind choice. Yeah. And she seems 
one. Perfectly. Moving on. No, Sophie would like to continue to talk about Sophie the rest of the time. I'm sure she would. We, we, can devote, we can devote a certain amount of time to Sophie. I'm glad. But moving on, I, I feel like I'd be remiss if I failed to mention that um, Donna has some poetry in the current issue of Meat for Tea, the Mugwort issue. And Stephen has a painting gracing the back cover. And I love how it's a literal back on the back cover. Yeah, it looks so good. Uh, thank you. It, it really worked well. That really worked well. I think they complement each other. Yeah, it looks so beautiful and back. the cover. Yeah, I was, that's what I was just thinking. I was like, it was so perfect. Um, the cover art was absolutely beautiful. We, we, we try. <laughs> We're lucky. I, I feel we like lucky. I'm lucky that so many gifted people, you all included, submit work to the publication. I mean, no, no submissions, no publication, right? Yes. Yes. That is, I guess you do need something. You need some content. Well, I'm creative, <laughs> dynamic people, attract creative, dynamic people. And mm-hmm. both of you definitely do that. No. Oh. No. Well, mutual. and vice versa. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, mutual. <laughs> yeah, when are you coming back over for some Belgian waffles again? <laughs> oh, man. Hope sooner rather than later. Those were good waffles. Hey, hey if you're rolling <laughs> through town, you know, if you're rolling through town, you got a place to stay. Well, we want to come visit <laughs> you, too. Yeah. I've never been. I've never been to Baltimore. Oh, no, I haven't hole. either. <laughs> It's a hole. It's a hole. I want to explore. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's very strange because we lived there for so many years, like in the city, and I really loved living in the city. But now that I don't live there, it's very hard to remember like what what I liked to do and why I like to do it. Well, yeah, I know go to bars, but <laughs> um, I don't know. It just seemed like. It's not the motivation. I mean, I'm you know, COVID things aside, of course, like that's the of course, right. thing I don't want to do is to go out to bars for no reason anymore. But um yeah, I mean I don't I don't want to trash Baltimore because there's you know, there are some really lovely things about it, but it's I don't know, it feel I think just the the longer we go, you know, having not lived there the more of a, like a strange city, it feels to me. Like I don't, I don't feel like it's my city anymore. Well, it was weird for mm. me because I moved up from DC and I moved up after going to uh, art school at Corcoran and working at the Kennedy center and just kind of, you know, walking through Adams Morgan, one of the most culturally diverse parts of the, the country in, you know, with three foot long bright pink dreadlocks. And then I moved up to Baltimore <laughs> and it was like completely the opposite. It was just very, it's a small town in a city. Yeah. Um, so it was a real mm-hmm. core cultural whiplash. Wow. <laughs> I, I hadn't realized, I thought Baltimore would be more, more like the place where three foot long bright pink dreadlocks would be not out no. of place. Well, back then. I pictured I- that. No, not really. I, I mean, mean, it always had a scene, a good counterculture scene. There were a lot of people in the punk scene. And, and but it was definitely separated out from it the was, rest of the yeah. world. Like, yeah. I mean, the section of Baltimore. There were certain neighborhoods that you you could look like that and you would be fine. And then there were other neighborhoods where you were absolutely in peril if you were walking down the street like that. 
So, mm. um, but you know, I think, I mean, that can be said for a lot of places, but yeah, yeah it's not yeah. quite as, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a very old school city and, you know, there's a lot of, there's not a whole lot of, um, progressive thinking with the people who have been there for generations and generations. So. Where, where we lived for a while, I think they, they had wanted to actually leave the city because it didn't want, they didn't want to desegregate. Oh, ew. Yeah. Like years and years prior, yeah. they, the, yeah, the neighborhood that we lived in, <laughs> I mean, long before we lived there, but yeah, they, they wanted to secede from Baltimore. City, so. Gross. Wow. wow. Yeah. Of course, yeah. also, they should have been invited to um, just go ahead and do exactly that. Right. Oh, yeah. Secede yeah. away. Extricate yeah, yourself only- from city funding. Have, <laughs> well, a, have a problem, good time. The problem was is that there, it's right along the Jones Falls, and it was, you know, one of the, there, there was a lot of industry right there. Mm-hmm. So to mm-hmm. cut that yeah, off yeah. from the city, it just wasn't a realistic viable no. thing to have happened. But, you know, it gives you an idea of the attitude. So Right. Yeah. And I think people that talk about seceding, especially for reasons of just not wanting to be integrated, tend not to adopt realistic attitudes. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that goes with the territory. Yeah. Absolutely. Not not real wide thinkers there. <laughs> you think? Not not the widest. No. <laughs> quite quite um quite narrow. Oh, like yeah. a knife we, edge. We could go narrow. Off that <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have very similar feelings about that situation. Well anyway, Baltimore has a great aquarium. It does have a great aquarium. So, yeah, we have got go. the National Aquarium. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, what you're saying about Baltimore back in the day kind of reminds me of San Diego when I lived there back in the day, which is kind of doing the whole rise of the SoCal punk rock movement. Mm-hmm. And the neighborhoods where it was safe to be extremely punk looking on the exterior and you could walk around unmolested and the neighborhoods you could go to shows in and the areas you couldn't were pretty sharply delineated. Mm-hmm. We called the metalheads who were the ones who would be the most vicious threat. Um, I think because they, they like to mm-hmm. be homophobic and a certain number of the gothier punk rock boys might have not fit the metalheads definition of macho enough. Yeah. Yeah. And we called them the Hessians, those metalheads. And it's just like, <laughs> You knew where the Hessians hung out and you stayed the fuck away. You gave those areas a wide berth. And some were just blocks apart. It was really weird. You could have this kind of intricate walk through downtown. So it sounds parallel. Which is funny because in D.C. in the 80s, everything was all integrated together because there weren't enough of any one particular subculture. So, like, you would see all the punks at the goth clubs and, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody was going to everybody else's show, yeah. you know, for, for a while. I was the one guy with the hair bouncing around at the clutch show, you know, yeah. and stuff like well, that. Baltimore was like that too. <laughs> the first time I ever went to a goth club, I was taken by a bunch of really hardcore punk rock friends right, of mine. Yeah. And, you know, just, you know, they loved skinny puppy. They loved Susie. They let, you know, it was just, you know, they're, they're the ones that got me into all of that as far as like going out to clubs and shows, like mm-hmm. I didn't even know any 
goth people really at that point in time because I was more in the punk scene. But yeah, there was such a huge crossover, which was always really cool. And I, I miss that. I wish everything wasn't so, you know, like. In the end, I think it's the goth chicks. I think it's the, the punk dudes and the skin dudes all go to the dance clubs for the goth chicks. <laughs> and, you know, That's all what they're of, into. <laughs> you might have some in there. You know, I was talking about the mugwort issue. Yes. And it, would you want to read the poems I published, Donna? Yeah, sure. For me. I'd love to hear them. So we have Dry and Victorious. Mm-hmm. When you live where everything can kill you, a bite, a sting, a burn, a thirst, you always know. No matter if you think you failed, every time your lungs take another breath and your heart another beat, free of poison, free of dust, you're doing something right. <laughs> Poetry slam snaps. Nice. <laughs> I was wondering if that's what yeah, that was. Just... That was good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And this is, um, this is the arrogance of living. When we fear dying... Is it the possibility of suffering or the thought of heaven or hell and which one will call home or the idea of being nothing, being nowhere? Or do we preemptively mourn all the things we'll miss, all the chances never taken, all the natural wonders we might never get to see? Or is it that we simply can't conceive of a time and a space without us in it and knowing deep down that we needed the world more than it needed us? And that all the things that mattered only mattered because we let them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember, I remember doing the layout for the magazine and reading that and going, "Oh, so amazing, <laughs> so good." I know. I hope I get hit, to publish you again. It hits. It hit, I, It hits me like a good lyric hits me. You know what I mean? Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, I'll I'll keep sending you things. Sorry. Yay. Uh, uh, and but I meant the plural you too, Stephen. You're included in that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. So, of so I mean, just, just submit, just send stuff that we think is good. When I'm know. open. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, the the themes are um, to be approached in a very non-literal, uh, postmodern way. So mm-hmm. here's. Kind of stick them in the back of your mind, see what how it influences yeah. your choices, but that's about or, it. Or, or or just don't and just send send the shit you think's good. <laughs> yeah. Either way, we're closed right now because we're getting another issue ready. Yeah. The, the the next issue goes to press a week from tomorrow. And I'm still hustling up the ad revenue. I'll need to publish it. Go. I, I was but really always like that. The first time I actually saw a physical copy of it, because I mean I knew you did it, but I hadn't actually seen a copy, and it was such a substantial magazine. I, I was. Uh, it really is. Yeah, we're it. not blowing smoke. It is a really beautiful, beautiful magazine. Oh. Um, Thank you. So, we try. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's part yourself. part of. Oh, thank you. Part of my philosophy when I joined up with Elizabeth, oh God, going on 12 years ago now. I think. Joined up with. Well, when we started dating and then I became. Sign her. up for meat for tea and by the way, marry me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, when we, we started dating and, and shortly after we started dating her graphic designer, Raffaellino, 
who I did kind of collaborate with a little bit on, on, a, on a couple issues in terms who of... I was lucky to get. Oh, yeah, he was great. Working he, free. He, he and I and Elizabeth I collaborated on a sort of establishing the general consistent look and feel of the magazine that kind of continues to this day. But Branding. Then he, <laughs> but then he, he needed to bow out. He, he needed to move on and... and spend his time in other ways. And I was there and I'm like, ways that paid. Right. (laughs) And here I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the boyfriend and I know how to do graphic design and I've never done a book before, but I've (laughs) certainly done a lot of other graphic design. So sure. I'll take this on. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was like, um, my philosophy up to that point, having run my own little record label and also as a recording engineer, producer, et cetera, et cetera, regarding my clients was when you're putting something out into the world, even if you're putting it out with minimal staff, minimal budget, minimal resources, is you want people to look at it. Now I'll use the, the terms of, a, of an independent music release, particularly back when CDs were the thing. You want people to look at it and go, wow, what label put that out? Mm-hmm. And that was the the sort of the principle that when I joined on with Elizabeth was, okay, so we want people to go, wow, like who's behind this? What, what like huge colossal budget. And, what university funds you? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what manner of, of crazy huge staff do they have that they can put this thing out? Two people. Yeah. And I mean, but I've been doing that for so long that it was, it was kind of, just natural for me to just go, yeah, sure, we can do this. Even though I think if you talk to anybody who'd been putting out an arts and literary journal on a quarterly basis or whatever, they'd be like, are you crazy? Two of you doing this? <laughs> I still have people ask that when, well, like when I meet with book club and we're releasing an issue in like two weeks and where we just closed our call for submissions, like, wait a minute, you just closed your call for submissions and the issue is due out in two weeks and you're still gathering the ad revenue and, it's going to happen. I'm like, yep, it'll be a squeaker. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, when you, when you know what you're doing, you know, you can, you can get that rhythm down and you know, like, you you know, you know, it's going to work. You know, you're going to make it work. I mean, I think, you know, we live a lot of our life like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I do with, um, you know, deadlines for, you know, submissions and even, even putting my own book together and, more or less setting the deadline, you know, agreeing upon one with, with my publisher, you know, so I have a little bit of say and some leeway in it. And even then, you know, I'm sliding in at the last second. every time. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I don't get worried that I'm not going to have it done. I know I'm going to have it done. Right. And right, yeah. I think there's, when you do anything like this, I think you, there's a level of confidence that you have to eventually acquire you know i mean you have to be kind of you have to be there to even start but definitely you don't want to end up like faltering and questioning your ability and skill too much and undermining yourself so i think that that confidence of like yeah i don't know how we're going to do this but we're going to do it although you usually have to do that at least once where you're like well bit off more than i can share (laughs) yeah yeah totally excellent point yeah, yeah, no, I certainly have experienced that as well. I think it was Ray Bradbury, and I hope I don't murder the quote, but I think he's the one who said he um, 
like to jump off cliffs and build his wings on the or build his parachute on the way down. Like his parachute, yeah. yeah. And I think that's pretty much how I go about like yeah. getting the money to fund every issue of Meet for She's like, okay, hopefully all the businesses that advertised before will come back again. And yeah, it, it is yeah. always a little bit nerve wracking because especially during the shutdown and even right now, it's not like anyone's got like money to hand out. Right. And I'm out there with my hand out. Oh, how we managed to keep this going during during the first year of the shutdown. People was are generous. Just, yeah, it was just People amazing. People believe in it. They want it to continue. We experienced that too with us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you've got something that people I did. remember people like really yeah. kind of got in your corner. Yeah, and it was amazing. Uh, you know, I, That's you know, wonderful. It's very humbling, and it's just nice to know that, you know, because often it can feel, I, with social networking, not as much, but you still kind of feel like you're throwing all of this stuff into the void, and you just never know how it's going to, mm-hmm. how it matters to people, and and also, even with the social networking, we always have this weird thing where we'll go out on tour and there are these meet really big fans that we don't actually personally know or interact with on a regular basis. Yeah. So it's always, always it's like you, you, you have a much wider reach often than you think you do. Social media has made me believe that I know every single one of our fans. And I got convinced of that until, until like he said, that happens. We get out there and there's people we've never seen before that are, that are fans. And I'm like, wow, I don't know you. How do I not That's know exactly you? where I was going to go. That's exactly where I was going to go. Is like social media makes you think that you've 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 encountered everybody you possibly could encounter mm-hmm. that that like likes you and knows of you, and then it's like, oh, actually, no, not even close. Yeah, yeah it's kind of wild. Well, when when I, I did another show uh, a couple of weeks ago at another local club called the Marigold, a, a friend of mine, Andrew Wong asked me to, to be part of this show and it's coming up, it's coming up. I'm, I'm not seeing, you know, I'm not doing the publicity for it. It's coming up, it's coming up. And I'm asking him, like, is there any publicity for this? Is there a poster? Is there anything I can share? Or is there an event listing? And that's when he said to me, oh, an event listing, you mean like on Facebook? I don't even think about Facebook. And I went, oh my God, seriously, we've got, a, we, we've got an age gap. He's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really should be more active on Instagram too. And I'm like, oh, you, you, oh my God. And so very quickly he put, he put together a poster. He put together a Facebook event listing. I could, you know, I could share it. And, you know, it was a Sunday night. So the turnout was okay. Yeah. But, oh, and by the way, thank you. Because you all are part of the reason why I bothered to put this live thing together when you all came up in, in April. Oh, I did that's a, great. Yeah, I did a variation of, of, of the same show, reworked it a little bit, tightened it up a little bit here and there, and it was a lot of fun. And it was, you know, for a Sunday night in East Hampton, it was pretty well attended. I had some folks out from, from yeah. Boston. Oh, well, the folks from Snow Beasts came out. Oh. Do you know do you, nice. Robert and Elizabeth? Yeah. Yeah, they came out, and that was really lovely to see them. Yes. Yeah. And 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 um and a few other other a few other people I think did travel a bit. That's good. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you, uh, you know, felt after the show that you did with Stoneburner. I'm glad that you wanted to keep doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a great set. So I'm, yeah. I'm definitely glad to you. Well, yeah, I, I I think well, thank you, and and of course I I owe you 
owe a lot to you for going like, hey, man, you really should do it. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. And you're like, yeah, you really should. Okay, fine. Uh, my, my, my goal now that I have this established that I can do this is not to pursue it regularly, partially because I just don't have the time, but partially because I, I think I want it to be a situation where people ask me to play a show. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not just pushing myself out there, but I'm actually being pulled in because you pulled me in. Mm-hmm. Andrew pulled me in. Um, today, one of my clients, by the way, this is a shout out to, to a, a band, I should say. It's a, it's a project called The Third. It's Lynn Simons, who's also in a, in a band that I work with called Extemper. But Lynn has a solo project called The Third, and actually her album is going to be coming out pretty soon. She's got a couple of singles on Bandcamp. Uh, it's awesome stuff. She, being a solo electronic artist with The Third, said, maybe we should put together a show. <laughs> I said, I think that's a possibility. I might do one more show in 2022 locally, but if we can do something outside of Western Massachusetts... I'm in. So you've inspired me to kind of take it a little more seriously and, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is... Really, I think that if you, if you keep at it, you're going to do really well in music. I think you'll do, you know, <laughs> be, uh, I think you got, got a really good chance yeah. of uh, getting your name out good, there and, start. Uh, yeah, learning a bunch of tricks, you know? So, so yeah, maybe I should put out maybe I should put out a couple records and, and see yeah, where it takes me. Yeah, yeah, getting to getting to doing some production, you know. Just get a single out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, something. Just, just something to start with. <laughs> I, I laugh because, of course, you know. How many records? Yeah, and also, well, and also, how many? Oh my it, god! Also just like yeah, okay, and then you all, you know, we actually technically were label mates, I suppose, not at the same time, but we were label mates in Metropolis. And I'm sure that your releases on Metropolis outsold mine like a factor of like twenty wow. to one or something. <laughs> but it's still nice. It's it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So thank you. <laughs> so Donna, you were talking about. I, I hope I'm not taking this on a large no, left I, turn. I, I think I took it on a left turn. I think you're bringing it back home. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, here's the magic of Mark editing in post, and now I'm just giving him more editing to do as I continue to speak. Or I leave this in. <laughs> I just got up to use the restroom. Huh? I peed yeah. and came back. And yeah, I, got, I'm <laughs> I, I, I got all monologistic, so there you go. Please leave all of this in. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we should do it for our Patreon side, at least. <laughs> Patreon being the fan base that curiously is interested in knowing when we have to attend to biological functions. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a market yeah. for that, so... At, 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 four, at 40 minutes, Elizabeth took a bathroom break. Yeah, so there's wiki feet. Would this be, there's wiki feet. Would this be wiki pee? <laughs> don't, don't, no, don't Google it. Don't Google that. I, no. I, I just, I promise you, you will not be happy. No, no, I'm not. Although one of the bands that's playing our virtual circ, we're doing a virtual release party this time instead of a physical one because COVID numbers are rising, even though. The CDC and our local government are doing nothing with mandates. There's still like 500 deaths mm-hmm. a day. So we're paying attention, even if nobody well, else well, apparently that, is. That and also our, our generous hosts at the Abandoned Building Brewery 
don't really have the time too busy or space for and us because the they're, they're too busy. And yeah, and, and the studio, I mean, you've all seen the lounge. It's not a big space and that's where everybody mm-hmm. congregates. It's like congregating in the kitchen at a party. Yeah. But one of our bands playing the Cirque has a name you really don't want to Google. Curious <laughs> Buddies. Oh. Yeah. That yeah. sounds Do nice. not. <laughs> it is, it, it, until it, you Google it. It's sweet until you Google it. nice don't know that I'm not into that. <laughs> I don't. Well, fair enough. No, fair enough. Google fair away. Enough. I have no judgment. <laughs> but speaking of your published her, typing. Donna, she's you've typing. got, I know in the background, she's like <laughs> curious <laughs> buddies. <laughs> quick, quick. <laughs> There's all these windows open. <laughs> I can picture it now. Oh, I just heard a pop-up. Oh crap! No, yeah. I did. You can close the pop up. Close the pop up. Close the pop up. I don't want to know, but anyway, I, I mean, not 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 to implicate myself as a prude or anything, but no, 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 you're not a prude. Not really. No, not at all. But I was going to ask about your publisher, and you've got a new book out, and there's a event coming up Sunday. Not that this will probably be um, released in time for Sunday, but you should still talk about it. Girls yes. from the county. Girls from the County. Yeah. Um, so it's my eighth, um, collection, published collection of poetry. Um, thank you. I, um, it, it was probably the hardest one that I've written yet, you know, so it's, you know, it's the horror genre, but it's way more personal and there's a lot of folklore in it. There's a few, like a little bit of a true crime aspect to it. But Ooh. the majority of it is, you know, stories in poetry format of my life growing up as a teenager, preteen and teenager in the this late memoir based, yeah, late eighties, early nineties, and the experiences of myself and my friends, and then later in life talking to people, you know, who I had I didn't know as a young person, but you know, realizing we all had the same experiences, you know, growing up in these suburban and rural areas, you know, then the whole premise is that, you know, we were told that, you know, the world was scary, the cities were scary, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, stay in your community where it's safe. And, you know, there was nothing safe about it. So where was this set? Which county are we? Well, so the county that I grew up in is in Maryland, but it's the stories are from so many different places and people that it's, and that's sort of the point. It's ubiquitous. Like we had, you know, we, I mean, one of my friends that I had talked to and had, you know, kind of inspired some pieces in the book, you know, she uh, grew up in Northern England and for all of the differences Culturally, you know, the experience, some of the experiences we had were exactly the same. So, yeah, I mean, so I grew up in, yeah, rural and now it's a bit more suburban, but Maryland, about 40 minutes or so from Baltimore City. Mm. And yeah, it's, um, it was, you know, it was hard to write, but it was good. When I sat down to do it, I didn't think it was going to be a cathartic thing because I don't, I tend not to go into my writing that way. You know, I felt like I was more documenting, just making a record of, of events. And I actually found myself very affected by some of the p- 
pieces. I know it sounds weird to say, you're, you know, like you're affected by your own stuff, but... No, it doesn't to me at all. I, I actually really get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Well, I mean, I think you... I think you need to be... I, I don't know. Somewhere along the line, somebody has drilled it into people's heads that is there something egotistical about being emotional over your own work. But the fact is, is like if I, if it doesn't make me feel anything, how's it going to make anybody else feel anything? And that is the fact. And whoever said that there's something egotistical about being emotional about your own work is a dickhead. And yeah. shut up. <laughs> so, I, I mean, just, that's, that, that's something that is said out of insecurity. I mean, truly like totally. Yeah. So, um, but you know, when you kind of have that, like put in your face enough times, you start to wonder if that isn't true. And fortunately, I've been doing this long enough now to know that that's not the case. But not at all. I always had a little bit of a separation, though, with some of the stuff that I would write. I, you know, I think because I had already like dealt with a lot of the demons, you know, so they they weren't really Mm -hmm. scary to me. So I was, you know, like I said, I just felt like I was just putting it out there telling you a story, just telling you stories. Yeah, this one, this one really pulled a lot out of me, but I think that was good. I think it was good that it did that. It sounds like you dug deeper in this collection, maybe, than in previous ones. Am I? Yeah, I I feel like I did. And also I had to, I had to be gentle because I wasn't just telling my own stories and I mm-hmm. wanted to be respectful. I didn't want to be exploitative. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, you know, uh, give anybody away, like, you know, throw people under the bus. Like I needed to be very delicate how I handled, mm-hmm. you know, telling other people's stories. Totally. And so that was a, that was a new challenge because anytime I've written in the past, it's always just been purely my stuff. So this was a good exercise in thinking, you know, around corners and, and putting myself in other people's shoes and thinking like if somebody wrote a piece now, I mean, of course I don't identify anyone at all piece to piece. That was going to be my next question is like, did you use pseudonyms or? Yeah, I don't, I don't name anybody. And a few of the pieces are very much specifically about one person. The rest of them are, you know, I, I have pieced together things to create a different narrative, but it's, you know, the, the message is the same. And then of course there's the, the pieces that are directly from folklore um, or true crime references, but yeah, the ones that seem more personal, they are, and they're about real people and they're real events that happened. So I tried very hard to be sensitive and think how would I feel even not being named if I read my story in someone's book mm. and, you know, I don't know. It's just, it was, it was interesting to think about. I mean, I think I did a respectful job. I, I don't think that I, you know, did anything hurtful and, and the people, you know, a lot of the people I talked to, a lot of my friends, you know, said, yeah, here was my experience. Go, go for it. Write about it. Say whatever you want, mix it up, do whatever you want to do. So, you know, there was permission granted with the understanding that I wasn't going to call anybody out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Wow. Now, is this available? Everything you've said just makes me want to read this so badly. Mm -hmm. And also what it sounds like you're describing 
as a writer, kind of a, a, an experience of really deep empathy building for the other people you're writing about. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope so. I hope, uh, you know, I, 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 like I said, I feel like I did a, a good job of that, but I really did think a lot about what I was writing. And I mean, there were things that I wrote that I ended up deleting because it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was okay or like it went a little too far. And, you know, with, with horror, with really, you know, with dark writing and dark fiction and stuff, you know, I mean, you do want to push the boundaries, but this was different. This was different. I, I felt comfortable taking those liberties with myself and things that were definitely like my own experiences and my own stories, but I didn't want to do that to other people. Fair. You know, and I think I found some good workarounds with that sort of thing. So it's still, you know, an impactful piece, but it doesn't feel like I went too far into somebody's space. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you've just got me. So would you you want to read a piece or two? Would you want to give us a little... If you can, if you're you're permitted to. Are you able? Is that... Oh, yeah. Is there going to be a publisher coming to choke me? No, no. Raw Dog oh, Screaming cool. Press are some of the very best people to work with. Oh, yeah, yeah. no. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. They're cool. I follow them. Yeah. And they, they follow me. We we follow each other on Yeah, Twitter. they are absolutely... We've been working with them for, for over a decade, and they are just fantastic. So... They've got um, a good name. Yeah, and so, no, they're they're like, yes, please read your stuff because we want people to buy the book, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 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 intuitive, right? It's yeah. intuitive. I'm gonna be like raw dog screaming press. You should advertise in meat for tea because I'm promoting your shit, dudes. Well, the one, the one thing I said I wouldn't do, you know, while doing interviews and podcasts is I wouldn't pick different pieces for every single one. So eventually, that's like if you listen to all, you've just heard the whole book. It's like oh yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. That, no. that makes all the sense in the world. I totally get that. No, no. Yeah. Pick, pick, pick the single. Play the single. Yeah. Oh, you're on another radio show. Pick the single. Play the single. Come on. Well, okay. It's, so this, yeah. is, this is the piece. This is the first piece in the book, and I feel like it's a good, um, it was a good starting point. It's called The Exodus of Us. It didn't matter if we stayed or ran or ran around and back again. We took the witches and woods, the dirt roads and devils, and the marks they left upon us everywhere we went. We could spot each other in the wild, our dirty knees and nails, the scent of moss and feral creatures underneath the oils and perfumes. And three long decades later, most of us have learned that the addresses don't matter. Most of us have seen that the exits are plentiful and clear. And it doesn't matter if we stay or run or run around and back again. We are part of this old landscape just like we've always been. Wow. <laughs> Fucking amazing. <laughs> I know. That's so wow. beautiful, Donna. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I can't wait. To, I've, I've got to get a copy. I'm so excited. I will send you one. Yeah, actually, I need to get your address anyway, because I've got um, a copy of Annihilator for you, too, to send up. We'll send you a copy. What? Ooh, yeah. We are the luckiest people in the world. You should see, I'm looking across from me right now as we speak uh, uh, shelf. I've, I've been trying to organize our bookcases and now I've got all 
the chat books and longer books that people that have been meat for tea contributors have just sent me. Oh, that's nice. And it's like all the way across almost an entire bookshelf. And I think if I go around the house, I'm going to actually oh, yeah. Yeah, we could, we could probably find more. That. It's yeah. so sweet. I've just got this. I'm, I'm a book lodestone, apparently, <laughs> which does not displease me. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. She, she, can, she can also demagnetize your magnetized screwdriver if you need it. I can. Oh, man. I just rub it over one of my books. I want a weird superpower. You have lots of weird superpowers. <laughs> do I? Oh, yeah. I think we all do, if we just think about it for a little bit. Oh, geez. What, what's my superpower? Oh, boy. Your superpower? I don't know. I have to ponder that. You make one. pauses disappear and bathroom breaks in post. <laughs> That's a pretty significant superpower. That's We're not, all grateful that's for it. That's not a superpower. It. That's a skill because I learned how to edit tape Shh. back in the if 70s. If you just tell people it's a superpower, they will believe it. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's magic. Hey, hey, kids, pro tip. If you're learning how to edit on a digital audio workstation, you want to get really good and pass all your peers, learn to cut tape. Cut tape. <laughs> Seriously. Not cut cheese. Cut tape. I got I got one of my first my, my first major studio gigs was because I was there as a client and the, stu- the the house engineer was doing the edits and it took him like way too long to do the first edit and I had like sixty to get through for this like one club mix and I said do you mind and he said oh you know how to cut tape and I'm like yeah and I did it in like five seconds he goes okay if you need me I'm in the house moving along from tape <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back in just a moment. We'd like to take a moment to thank a couple of our sponsors. One of them is the lovely and charming Sarah McCartney. She was on the podcast a while ago, and if you missed hearing her episode, you should go back and look for it. But she co-authored a fabulous book with Samantha Scriven called The Perfume Companion, The Definitive Guide to Choosing Your Next Scent. And it's just, it's a stunning book. If you've got Luca Turin's book, which I do, and that's also a great fragrance lover's edition of the library, you're going to need this one too. They divide fragrances up into citrus, floral, soliflores, soft amber, herbal woods, musk, mossy, leather, oud, gourmand, fruity, marine, and concepts. I very much appreciate that they... Don't use the dreaded O word, which has classist and racial and colonialist connotations of which I am not fond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're a sponsor, and I'm very grateful to them. I'm just going to read you a little sample from the floral division. And each division is divided into um, subcategories. So in the classic category of the floral division... We have, first up, a scent that was my signature scent when I was a very um, fragrant, snobby 15-year-old. <laughs> L'Air du Temps by Nina Ricci. Reawakening of hopes and dreams in the perfumer's Francis Fabron. Created in 1948, the post-war aftershock made the dove-shaped lid a poignant symbol of peace. L'Air du Temps is a fragrance of light and shade, a bittersweet symphony that makes you smile as you discreetly pat away tears 
like birdsong after silence. The florals and the aldehydes provide an ultra-feminine accord of ponds cold cream, roses, jasmine, and dainty orange flowers. Meanwhile, the strong-armed base of patchouli, vetiver, and deep spicy resins captures the flowers and wraps them in a golden aura of amber. It's an ever-changing scent that suits every age group I've smelled it on, from me as a teen to my aunt in her 60s. This is a scent I am never without. So that's a sample of mm-hmm. the writing, and that's Samantha Scriven's writing. It, you, you get their initials after their entries. If you're a lover of words and well-composed prose, and even one that doesn't give a shit about perfume, (laughs) you'll still enjoy this book because the writing is, as you just heard, glorious. Yeah. We have a very generous partner to meet for tea. We really appreciate them very much Mm because it's through ad support that we stay in print. So without further ado... Let me tell you about Sucre Bay. Sucre Bay is perfume made by weirdos like you. And they're a cruelty-free, women-owned indie perfume and body products company who love making people smell good. Each scent is crafted by hand in their Washington State lab located in the woods. And honestly, I don't know where else you can find fragrances with names like Sea Hag, Don't Panic, Siren Song, Goth as Fuck. Those are just a few of their bestsellers. So great. They have all sorts of other things to bath care products. And also they they partner with a lot of interesting people, including our friend Sarah McCartney of 4160 Tuesdays. Sucre Bay is one of the few places in the States you can get yourself some 4160 Tuesdays fragrances. Yes. So head on over to sucrebay.com. Check out their wares. And we thank them Check for... Check the show notes for the proper spelling. Mm-hmm. And thank you very, very or much, Or should I do it on Sucre mic Bay. now? Oh, yeah. You know what? How's it spelled? Yeah. So if you just go to S-U-C-R-E-A-B-E-I-L-L-E.com, that'll get you there. Yeah. We really appreciate their support. Thank you so much, Sucre Bay. Thank you so much, Sucre Bay. We love you. And welcome back. So, Donna, um, Girls from the County, is this um, largely memories from when you were, like, a teenager, like 13, 14, 15? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and there's a couple of pieces. I'm feeling that... those ages kind of, like, in my bones. Yeah, well, you know, and I mean, I think that was um, one of the things that was kind of coming up for me the last time we were, when we were talking about yellow jackets, you know, like, cause that's so much to talk about. When do you want to come on a special? I know, I know. We're, we're, Standing uh, invitation. I'll have, I'll have some time this fall for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a few I'm pieces excited. in there that, that harken back to like my earlier childhood, but most of them center around the, the preteen and teenage years, because that's really, when uh, that's yeah, that's when the magic happens, you know, and the trauma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
for sure. <laughs> the traumatic, shall we say. Well, you know, I think the thing about that age was, you know, for especially for my friends and I, but I imagine for, you know, most people, you know, you're old enough to see so clearly what's going on, but you can't mm -hmm. do anything about it. You can't leave. You can't go anywhere. You're too young. And, you yeah. know, you, yeah. you see it. And, you know, you, to, to leave means that you are putting yourself in a whole different kind of peril. And mm -hmm. oh, you have yeah. to make that really yeah. hard decision. So, you know, and you learn a lot of skills because of that. You learn a lot of survival methods because of that. And, you know, some of them for the better, some of them for the worse. And there's a lot of examples of that in the book, like the, the people who, you know, we all figured out ways to cope with the traumas that, you know, we endured. But, you know, and some of it was, you know, some of it helped and made us stronger. And then some of them made it so, you know, those people aren't even here today anymore. So, you know, it's and everything in between. Stuff to recover from, mm -hmm. stuff yeah. that you surmounted. I totally get that. Yeah. And I think that's why it works for, you know, a lot of people. Like, it really isn't just a book for, you know, people who grew up specifically right here. Um, it definitely is an experience that a lot of people had. I see the universality of that for sure. Oh, my God. He took the word right out of my mouth. That's why we <laughs> almost never fight is because we just, like... Usually end up on the same page one way or the other. Well, did you did you think of the pun that I was thinking of with universal no, universality? No, no pun re for regarding that. regarding your your teenage years as being your fromaggio years. Trim uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's just like a bad cheese joke. I don't know. <laughs> My teenage years could have been filmed by Lloyd Kaufman, and still he wouldn't have gotten it scary enough. And I'm just right. the guy who plays. I'm just the guy, who, I'm the guy who plays the cheesy dad joke guy in, in whatever <laughs> like '80s movie that you're you're in. No, I admire I, you for doing this though, because oh, I've been you. trying to write. No, I've been trying to write my memoir for like 20 years, and I've got lots and lots of things written. I think actually, I'm secretly waiting for my dad to die till I publish it. Oh crap. Does your dad listen to the podcast? Not this episode. <laughs> but what, what 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 happens if he does though? Am I is this getting it? Just leave it. He's eighty six. He might be a big boy enough to deal. Oh I think I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of bleeping. I don't know. I don't think he's listened for a while, baby. No, I don't think I don't. The I last don't. time he listened is Dave Solheim and Barbara. Yeah. Lamen. Well, that was like season two. Well, how many of these do you do season per season? Three. Early, though. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 20, uh, 24, 20. I, I don't know. Let's see. We're, we're entering into season four. This is uh -huh. episode number 76. Yeah. So rough, roughly 20, some odd 25 per, per season. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a set number. We try to release one every other weekend or Monday night, and we take a little two weeks season break when we optimistically think we might take a vacation till we realize that we need to pay rent and we won't be able to, if we take a vacation <laughs> <Right>. and, um, <laughs> yep. 
And we're too busy with other things anyway. <clears throat> On that note, <clears throat> um, meetfortea.com forward slash donate.htm. <clears throat> <laughs> Our spring store, there's beach towels, there's t-shirts, there's pint glasses. Yeah, or just- I know I saw your store. I saw a couple things in there. I think I'm going to have to get when we're a little more flush. Uh, flush. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, same with yours. Yeah, yeah. But hit, I, hit us up directly. Maybe we can just send them to you for. I admire the cost you for as this. to that markup, but I admire you for this book, and I'm, it's also making me like think of like how can I take this memoir writing I've want, done and maybe put it through the filter of poetry and mm-hmm. some of the folklore that. I enjoy and the mythology enjoy just to transform it enough so I can publish it. Well, I'm a big fan of people live. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm such a fan of taking things like that and, and, you know, injecting an element of fiction into it because one, I think it helps, you know, as a writer, I mean, I think it just helps you to be a little more free because you have, oh, yeah. you know, you don't have these same parameters because there, you know, there, you have some artistic license there. And also I think, I think it makes it more like palatable for an audi- a wider audience. You know, I, I am not famous or interesting enough that anyone should want to read my autobiography. This, <laughs> no, am I. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's just a reality. It's like you can be a fascinating person, but you know, you're going to have a limited market if people, you know, people don't know you worldwide. And um mm-hmm. but this way, you know, this because this isn't just about me. So it you know, I think when you're sitting down and thinking about how you might want to tell your own story, it's a consideration to do it that way, to, to add that fictional element in and just, or to change the, the POV, you know, like what kind of narrator do you want to be? You know, I, there's all kinds of ways to make it work that I think really are, are far more interesting and, and, and good totally. for you as a writer to exercise that. that well, muscle. then you can just like have a, Light motif and just those so many elements you can insert. And I have actually got mm-hmm. a few chapters that do that, but I, I still like wonder. Like, dad's not listening to this ever, baby. Um, my dad's <laughs> super intelligent, he's got like a doctorate, and he, well, he's the reverend, the very reverend Dr. Bruce McDuffie. So wow. that's what we're dealing with. Wow. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but there's a few chapters that are like that, and it's oh, it's just a whole thing. But anyway, this is not about me. This is about you guys. So I should make a big redirect right now because you're generously giving us of your time before you head out on a big, fantastical tour with none other than the Dead Milkman. Oh, it's just a one show, but yes, that's going to be awesome. Um, As I blow it up. <laughs> that's okay. It's, it's, it, it's a one-stop tour of Baltimore. You know, being around um, Rod, being around Rodney is like being on a whirlwind it really, tour. Yes, that, that is really, yes. He is amazing true. and one of the most energetic people that I've ever met in my life. So, you know, an evening with him definitely feels like you have been everywhere. We, we met him it's because amazing. he was right up front at one of our shows singing all of our songs. <laughs> that's so you know? wonderful. That's yeah, amazing. and he's like little, 
Yes. Yes. Very small. <laughs> little how? Like little what, my what, size? Little little like smaller than my size? He's a little over five feet, I think. The entire band littler is than yeah, me. All, the, yeah, the entire band is very, oh, very small. Yeah. And we went up and we played a song <laughs> with them one time and we felt like kaiju. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> I did. I mean, I wear boots on stage. I mean, I'm already, you know, just under 5'10", and I wear boots on stage that make me about 6'1", I think. And, yeah. you know, you're naturally 6'1", 6'2". So, yeah, we. I definitely felt like big blonde Yeti up there on stage. <laughs> kind of like the I get it. Parade. <laughs> I get it. At my intimidating height of 5'5 five five and a half. Yeah, he's smaller than I you are. Though. Fully. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm yeah, you can totally kick his ass. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, don't yeah. Not that I would necessarily no. want to. No, I haven't, some I haven't of gotten... some favorite people. I, I, I love them. They delightful. The way they've kind of, like, adopted us. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we're not even remotely the same genre, and they don't care. They're, I mean, they're such lovers of music, though. It's like they really go out of their way yeah. to, um, and their like, tastes interview. are diverse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. Yeah. And, um, no, I've, they, I've noticed, I've noticed that the, the cross pollination between you, you guys is like, huh, this doesn't make any sense, but yet it does because mm-hmm. you, you just like you, both of you or all of you love just music, good music. And I mean, God, they're great. Yeah. We take yeah. circuitous roots in these conversations. And <laughs> I say that because I want to again revisit Girls of the County because you talk about folklore and fairy tale. And I'd love to know about some of the elements from those genres that you drew on. There, There is a dead milkman story that actually kind of relates to Girls from the County. In yes. The, from your, okay, go for it. I'm psyched from, for that. From to listen to. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, Quite this is cromulent to share. Yeah. The- <laughs> well, it's, it's relevant this, in the age range. This isn't in the book by any means, but um, yeah, when I was thir- 14, 14 years old, things were not great at home, and I was uh, institutionalized at Shepherd Pratt. Mm. And uh, I was there, there for a couple months, and when I got there, you know, they they didn't let you bring very many things from home. But I had, you could have a Walkman. This is how long ago that was. Mm-hmm. You could have a Walkman. And I remember those. Like three cassette tapes. I don't know why you couldn't have more than that, but you you could have three cassette three. tapes. Okay. So Random rules. Major Desert a, Island. Yeah, so I picked a mixtape that a boy had made me. I picked The Cult, Love, mm-hmm. and nice. Dead Milkman, Bucky Fellini. Oh nice. yeah, 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 yeah. So those were my those were my three cassettes that I took to the mental hospital with me. <laughs> and so mm. I really awkwardly made sure to tell Rodney that story, like the moment I met him, having been a fan of all these years. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, always comes off great when somebody walks up to you and says, oh, my God, you were my favorite band to listen to when I was in the mental hospital. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's I, right. exactly like, what we all want to hear. No, I'd like that. I'd like that. The I'd first be, time I, cool told, that. Or I met Rodney, I told him, I was like, so when I was 17, I was backstage at your show, and uh, one of the members of your band kept trying to stick their hand up my girlfriend's skirt. And they sat there and then spent a good five minutes trying to figure out which one of them it would have been. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, they're pretty different now. So yeah. back in the day, I imagine it was probably hard for them to to figure figure out what was what with that. But yeah, um, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I. Well, the suicidal tendencies, Elizabeth. I was just going to segue into that. This is why, see, we're always just kind of on the same page or leaning into it. When I lived in North Park, San Diego, which is where the hardcore scene really happened at the local YMCA, believe it or not, and a couple of other weird clubs, I was dating the roadie for Battalion of Saints, and I partied actually a lot with Battalion of Saints. I've probably done more nitrous than any human should, but <laughs> and she's and she's still here and able. I to guess talk I about only it. killed the weak brain cells, <laughs> right? But, <laughs> right, Because exactly. I was admitted into a PhD program after all the nitrous. That's impressive. Good job. Yeah, right. Like I, know, I said, right? you get rid of the weak ones and look what you're left with. <laughs> This is great advice to be putting out there. <laughs> I know. Um, don't do drugs, kids. Cover your, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Unless you want to grow up to be awesome <laughs> oh and god. broke. Oh my but, god! Um, <laughs> oh my god! This is so funny. Anyway, so I'm backstage at a show that um, personal conflict is opening up for. Su- suicidal tendencies, and they're, we're drinking Meister Brows because, well, that's what one does. <laughs> and suicidal tendencies dudes are just like, show us your tits, and just like flip up my shirt, just like the, the, without so much as a how you do or <laughs> nothing. Just like that. That was their hello. That's, it was. It wasn't show us your tits. It was. We're going to show us. Well, they said show us your tits, but then they just like made the thing. And of course, being 21, 22, um, yeah, bras weren't a thing. Yeah. Oh, so so they they got what they wanted. There you go. Hmm. There you go. I didn't really give AF. Yeah, Paul. I mean, it's like they're just tits. Like, if you're that excited about them, you're lame. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like whatever. I mean, yeah, boobs are nice, but come on, people, come on. <laughs> Just remember them as being very impolite boys. I have a hard time imagining that. <laughs> Gee, you, you think? I hear no facetiousness in your voice whatsoever, Stephen. <laughs> not not Sar- at all. Sarcasm? No, no. no. <laughs> they were not very polite boys. I don't think they raised their pinkies when they drank their tea. Probably not. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a sip of my drink. You don't raise your pinky when you drink a pint of beer. That just looks fucking weird. I did. Maybe you so. don't. You're not dainty. Well, I'm not. I'm not dainty. I'm. I, I'm far less dainty than Mark. I'm a damn stevedore. If this, if this was a, if this was a video podcast, you could see me being silly and raising my pinky as I raised my glass. So. Yeah, this is not getting my nipples hard. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. The Meat for T-Cast, Season 4, Episode 1, people. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of the Meat for T-Cast. We did not go blue. <laughs> this is not blue. No, but it's very, very funny. It's barely periwinkle. <laughs> it's periwinkle. <laughs> 
How did this go so far off the rails? I don't understand what happened. Because we're hanging out with it's, you guys. It's the meat, it's the meat for tea cast. We don't, we, don't, we don't give a shit. Yeah. I see. Oh, yeah. Did, oh, you, yeah, that's right. did you yeah. hear her throw us under the bus just now? Mark's drunk. <laughs> She's doing nitrous. I haven't done nitrous in 30 years. That you remember. Oh, but yeah. some might still linger. I don't know. I don't know the shelf life or the yeah. the brain fold life. Those <laughs> shelves. <laughs> I'm not sure. I know it didn't it's, hinder it's, you know, my professorial career. It's probably still in your soul. You know, it might not be in your brain anymore, but it's it's still in your soul. Sorry. Now I want Stephen to do a painting called Nitrous Soul just because I want to see what it looks like. <laughs> but anyway, we, we got way sidetracked into all sorts of deviant shit. I don't even know how. I don't know what's wrong with us. But um, what was the folklore? <laughs> see how innocently this all began as I bring <laughs> us back? <laughs> what was the folklore that you were drawing upon in Girls from the County? Um, well, I there are a couple different specific, you know, nods to things like um, there's a piece that incorporates uh, the story of who put Bella in the witch elm. I don't know if you know that story. Ooh, um, yes, so I there's do, a reference, because I there's love this There's a nod to stuff. that, and then there's a, a nod to the Leeds family, as in the Jersey Devil Okay. There, there are a lot of references to witches. You know, I, I write about witches all the time. It's one of my favorite things to write about. So there, there's a lot of witches in it. Specific ones? No, no, more just um, the archetype, just hitting the, the archetype okay. of it. And, and, you know, still keeping within the theme, there's a, a reference to um, Bridget, who... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Bridget, um, it's the Irish story that she was, uh, her husband thought she was replaced or taken in by the fairies and killed or her. Or Brigitte, Brigitte, depending yes. on the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I actually pray to Brigitte and Kernunos every morning, fun fact about me. Oh, yeah. I don't so. know what good it's done me, but I, you know, hope springs eternal. Well, it's never going to hurt. For sure. Exactly. This is true. This is true. <laughs> yeah, no, this was the um, the story of, so I didn't make up this particular little rhyme, but it was a story about a, a young Irish woman, and it said, are you a witch or are you a fairy or are you the wife of Michael Clary? I know this. Yeah, so I wrote a piece based on that. So she's in there. There's um, Wait. That's such a beautiful... Do you want to read that piece? Sorry to, like, all interrupt mm-hmm. in the most yeah, awkward sure. way. It's really quick. It's really short. So I'm yeah, good can... at in the most awkward way. That's my specialty. <laughs> so this one, this one is called The Changeling or Bridget's Black Stockings. Are you a witch or are you a fairy or are you the wife of Michael Clary? These were the two totally rational questions asked before justifiably bashing a woman's brains in for wearing dark stockings and walking alone in the woods. Maybe there was more to the story, but we can't ask Bridget. Not anymore. Ooh. Okay. Yep. Okay. I know. You hear the snaps? I do. I do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I like yeah. the snaps. 
Wow. I love yep. that. That's yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh that, my that god, hit, I love that, that, that so much. Did you. you used to pretend to be a witch when you were a little girl? Absolutely. And then grow up to be one for real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's I what always, one does. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, what was all that practice for? It's not. I, I, you don't want to waste it. Right, right. I was just going to say that I was always the, I was more of like a, a Maleficent character. I was the evil, but nice. not really evil, just misunderstood queen or, or sorceress or witch. Like that was always my thing. Like, like I, I was hated and feared, but I was, you know, I wasn't that bad underneath at all. So. That was the role I like to have. I love that. No, there was an E.L. Konigsberg book, and I'd I'd have to um, use the power of Google to refresh my memory. Um, She wrote the mixed-up files of Mrs. Basilie Frankweiler, of course, but she wrote another one about four little girls one whose name was Elizabeth, so I liked it mm-hmm. in fifth grade. Naturally. And they were little pretend witches on their playground. And my friends and I, until certain of the friends decided I was just too much of a weirdo, would just get together on the playground and act out witch scenes from the book behind bushes in the playground where hopefully no one would see us like, Using incendiary materials and <laughs> building like weird <laughs> piles of twigs and you know the stuff that's meant to happen in fifth grade during recess that didn't involve anything to do with the playground. It's just like we're just going to play here next to the building behind the bushes on the concrete where we can light things on fire. Cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs> you know, I did that with one of my friends, and we ended up actually making a little. Um, uh, DIY mini golf course. I'm, I'm not even joking. Like we actually did. That's that. so not witchy though. It, How did it go to mini golf? <laughs> I, you know, it just ended up that way. I mean, I even, I even found a way to make a water feature. It was really exciting actually. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> not richy, yeah. but rad. All the know. same. That would have been, that would have been a dream of mine to make a mini golf course too. That's pretty awesome. No, that's so, I, I, I can't wait to get my hands on this collection. I can't wait for, so wait, you're doing, you're doing Dead Milkmen tomorrow and then there's No, no, the, no, that's not until October. Oh, okay. Why did I think it was this Sunday? Coming up soon. Wait, you're leaving on, aren't you leaving on tour tomorrow? No, our, no, our tour is, COVID killed our whole tour. Like our tour is over. We have the uh, Gothic Cruise um, at the end of September, um, and then we have the Dead Milkman show in October, and then Unconvention up in New Jersey in November, and that might be it. That might be everything that we have on the books right now. I, I might be forgetting something, but I think that's it. And then this Sunday, yeah. of course, is the thing. In my book launch, with, um, yeah. 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 So. Which I'm super excited for. Now, I heard um, that you've drawn on Baba Yaga. So, yeah, I um, not so much with this, with Girls from the County, but I wrote a short story that is in an anthology that's coming out 
called Into the Forest, which is all, it's um, all femme writers and the yes. theme is Baba Yaga. And, um, I'm 100% psyched for this anthology. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Um, it's coming out through Black Spot Books. I can't wait. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited. And, you know, I don't write a ton of short stories, so that was a fun thing for me to do for a change. Do you know who else will be psyched? None less than um, Jane Yolen, who has written... Do you know Jane Yolen, the poet? that She's not um, unknown. I don't know. I'm trying to she's, recall in my... She's written my, like 400 books of poetry. She's... Or 400 books in general, including short fiction. She's 86. She's kind of a... I'll send you links about her, but anyway, she's done a lot. Okay, yeah, please. Do. She's done a lot with Baba Yaga mythology, and you guys should actually um probably meet. We could maybe even make a collaboration occur. She's sort of um a national treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be so. Wonderful. I'll, I'll make that a project that I've yeah. got to make happen. Yeah, um, that would be great. All right, tell us about the book. Tell us about um, where we can buy it. Just promote the everlasting fuck out of it right here and now. Yeah, I mean, right now, um, (laughs) I've only seen it open for pre-orders on Amazon, but it's called Into the Forest and and through Black Spot Books, and it is a anthology of stories about Baba Yaga. So um, Can't wait. That's one of my favorite... I mean, talk to me about Baba Yaga. That's one of my favorite folklore characters. Yeah, well, she's well, so she's in the um, category of my favorite kinds of witches. I I like the me too the, the ones that eat kids and you know. <laughs> and, and well, she's you know, never maybe, homeless. No, I know it's amazing. It's super I, convenient. I decided to when I when I was writing the story. For the anthology, I, I wanted to do something different, so I actually brought her into contemporary times, and she's not even the main character in the story, Ooh. but she's absolutely you know vital to it. So I had a really good time, and I can't I you know I just can't say any more about it right now, but I had a really really good time coming up with um, with a, a different take on it. But still keeping the tradition, you know, still keeping it completely, you know, in line with with who she is and her story. But the story is called Flood Zone, so I can tell you that that's the name. Flood Zone. Can't wait. Mm, nice. Yeah, I've got to hook you up with Jane Yolen because she is very fond of Baba Yaga, and she's done a bunch of Baba Yaga writing of her own. Oh, wonderful! Which is published and out there, and you can see and read, but. You guys need to communicate. Oh, yes, yeah, definitely. I want to make a collaboration happen. Yeah, that would be fun. I mean, maybe. I don't need to be like the supreme being at the end of time bandits with his hands in the pool. <laughs> Just the puppet master or whatever, or, or, or the matchmaker. Or, or No, it's just my, the most evil thing for the me. Show is at the showrunner on the bachelorette, of... whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you reading these days? Oh, that's a <laughs> so um, nothing. Short honestly. answers are acceptable. Yeah, nothing right now because I've been cool, um, cool, I've cool. Been too busy, too sick, and too busy, and mm. yeah, um, yeah. 
that's a that's a really lame answer, but that's where that's where it is. No, no, that's a, that's a straight up. <laughs> no that's judgment a straight up here. Answer, yeah, no. I just I just uh, rereading William Gibson's Big End series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Didn't I get you one of those signed? Didn't I go to Sam and, and bring you back one Pattern signed? recognition, I think you got me. I got pattern recognition signed, if that's right. Good choice. I got to meet the fella. He's nice. That's that's one of my favorite books. He's a pleasant, pleasant dude. Okay. So that that's good. What are you reading? What are you... Listening to these days. What's on your toy table? Oh, you know, I was just talking to somebody about that the other day and how, like, you know, most of the time, if I feel like I need to hear something, I just sit down and start writing it. <laughs> um, yes. I was going to actually bring how that badass up. badass is that? Uh, oh, I didn't get a chance to bring that up, but that's okay. Okay, yeah. Big Donna. ups to that. Donna. Well, God, we are terrible. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a writer and I'm a musician, and I'm not reading anything, and I'm not listening to anything. So I listen to music in the car. That's it. That's where cool. that's where I listen to music, and that's it. And now our tour was canceled, and we're home, and I haven't gone anywhere. Because I listen <laughs> to audiobooks, so you know I, that, that's what I'm listening yeah. to. Tell us about that. If one of these questions is about what are you watching on television, then I'm. Oh, well, like I just said, <laughs> it was just oh, oh, that's our over. last question. But first, let's get through the ear candy. What's your ear candy? I don't care if it's musical. Well, like I said, I just I just was was listening to to the Gibson stuff. So yeah, nice. It's good because nice. I mean I can since I'm working all the time I can listen to to stuff while I'm doing that. I haven't listened to Gibson on audiobook. I should give that a whirl. I actually should because of my dyslexia. That would be probably easier for me to. Do you know understand. what I recommend for a really good audiobook listen? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe. <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy. To the galaxy, I mean, I can't believe I'm Steve, missing. Stephen Fry, though, right? Stephen Fry. Yeah, Stephen Fry. Douglas Adams. Oh my God, books. it's so good. Chef's Kiss. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's so, good. It, 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 it's just charming. I mean, as hell. how do you not so adore Stephen Fry? Okay, so we're gonna do the we're gonna do this really really quickly. And, what are and, you and, watching well, these and says, days? Well, if you're asking, what are we watching? Or maybe it was Donna. Either of yeah. you. <laughs> it was Donna. It's, it was Donna. It's the only, um, you know, when I'm sitting in the house, it's it's the only, like, sensory thing that works for me. You know, I, I the reading has been too difficult lately because of the holes in my brain. And, like I said, listening to music, I need to be in the car. So, yeah, I watch and a lot of TV. And just listening to podcasts has been hard, too. It is. It is. I, I need to... I need the visual. I need the audio happening. Um, so, well, we just finished up Better Call Saul, and I'm so horribly sad that it's over because I felt like Breaking Bad had one of the most perfect endings in television. Me like, too. Yeah, me as well. I hard agree with that. Better Call Saul also had one of the most perfect endings in television. Oh, of course oh, it did. wow. That's actually contrary to what uh, some people have said to me, and now I'm doubly intrigued. Now, I've, I've had the discussion with a couple people of, and how they thought it should go a different direction, and I was like, no, you're just wrong. Like, you're totally wrong. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, nice. and once you watch it, we can discuss that, and I will, I will back up my thesis. 
problem with him like growing the wings and then becoming this this <laughs> the metatron yeah, the, yeah. the voice of god yeah. you know it was an was, unexpected turn you know, i was not expecting I, it to get that preachy but you know it, yeah made a lot it of worked sense. it worked yeah. i mean well, I, i've uh-huh. heard there's a, there's a really good teenage mutant ninja turtles episode too there it, yeah, 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 yeah 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 it yeah, was yeah. Uh, so I, i'll have to i'll have to keep my eyes out for that one it was subtle. Like you're not going to pick it up right away, but it is there. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Some people, some people got it. Some people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> we need to catch up with that. We're actually catching up with what we do in the shadows. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we've we're we're up to date on that one. We're this not. Season, and are, are you watching the current season at all, or are you still behind? Not, not yet. Not, not quite yet. We're, 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 we're one, so far, we're far behind. Season. We're one season behind. It might be one of the funniest ones so far, honestly. I think this. Well, I think oh this my is god, super, it's super funny. So there you go. Yeah, you should. I know you don't like to listen to podcasts, but I swear, Jesse Thorne's Bullseye, which is available everywhere, um, his interview with Matt Barry is so charming and delightful. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, yeah. do you know what Matt Barry's guiding principle for whether or not he'll take a role is? What? He asks himself one simple question. Will this be fun? Mm-hmm. Isn't that delightful and inspirational and lovely? It seems it obvious, is. but at the same time, it's like, um, will this make me money? Seems no, to right. Will this be fun? Because <laughs> yeah. if it's fun, it doesn't really matter if it yeah. makes you money or not. Well, I mean, if you do what you of... love, you never work a day in your life. God. <laughs> How hard do you want to bitch slap that person? Oh, my God. Did I raspberry too loud in your microphone for you? It's okay. worse. But I do do worse. what I love, and I'm broke all the time, but it's okay. Yeah, well, you know, you've done the same thing that all of us have done, which is taken the thing you loved and turned it into work. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Um, oh, my God. Holy for me. So, right. So, so, right. All right. Um, so, what else? What are you watching, Stephen? Um, I actually don't watch TV a whole lot. Uh, it, it's on when we're cool, here. Cool. It's always on when I'm here. Yeah, Absolutely. and yeah. so I will, you know, I, I will kind of tune in when things I like are on, like you know, what we do in the shadows yeah. or finishing up. Uh, oh, um, Reservation Dogs. Reservation Dogs is a really is good solid, show. Yeah. We need to watch that. That's on our list. You will really yeah. love that. You will really love that show. It's very, very good. I'm certain. Um, yeah, I've heard I can't wait. Donna, that. have you watched? Um, anything A24 does, I will watch. Yeah. Like Men was really good. Oh, yeah. The movie which, Men. Which was that? Uh, men. It's a movie that came out this past Year. Oh, oh, oh! I yeah. heard about oh, yeah, that yeah, movie. Yep, yep. yep. Okay. We'll Pop culture out. happy hour. Did it? Yep. I heard about that. That was a. That's a rough one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of triggery stuff in that movie, and it's really rough, but it's excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with triggers. I think yeah. they're cathartic. And nope comes to on demand tomorrow. Oh yeah. Oh so good. That's a, or Friday. Friday so. <gasps> yeah. Ooh, we can't wait. Really? We seen I nope can't wait. Yet, but- yeah, we, we we saw oh, us recently. Which how did you guys oh, feel great. about yeah. us? I thought it was great. I liked it, I liked it a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really. I was surprised at the kind of mixed reviews. No, you know, I think people people want things to be something other than they are. You know, mm-hmm. and and so uh-huh. it clouds what they're. It's like that old adage of review the movie you watch, not what you wanted it to be. Horror is notoriously bad for that. Like, like a lot of 
people who are into horror, it's, they are so myopic. Like it's, mm. it's like, if it is, if it has even the slightest element of something else in it, that isn't horror, that just ruins it for them. It's oh, not Prey. horror anymore. Prey was fantastic. Speaking of right. very divisive film. I want to see Prey. Prey is on my list. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's up there. Definitely. Donna, have you, um, Watched F Boy Island? <laughs> no, I haven't. I keep seeing it pop. I think it's on Hulu. Maybe I keep seeing it pop up. It's on HBO Max, and oh, it is okay, that's B- where I saw it. Yeah, no, B- I have not. But is that an endorsement? Should I? Well, I mean, if you want a brain vacation, yeah, there you go. And I mean, Nikki Glaser <laughs> hosts it. So here's the whole premise. It's kind of like a bachelor based matchmaker show but it's f boy island it's fuck boy island there's three <laughs> beautiful women and there's 21 f boys and the beautiful women get to pick like who they're going to hang with and there's there's money prizes there you can get $100,000 if you're the beautiful woman. There's who's, cash money prizes. Ooh, I do uh-huh. like cash money prizes. Who's F-boy? <laughs> I, think, I think they should do things like if you get an STD, you should get like $500,000. I think it... Or if you, uh, well, you know. I was wondering why they didn't call it Chlamydia Island, sort of. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is the STD a qualifier or a disqualifier? Or um, oral herpes island. You get paid more if it's unprotected sex. I mean, you know, yeah. just really put something out there. Yeah. Well, I will have to take a gander at that and then potentially nikki glazer is funny write you a very terse text message about (laughs) either that or just be my guest on a patreon episode where we like where we tear it up right right right. verbally i am really really pleased to be a part of what I feel like might be the most controversial episode of this. Yes. That's ever. why we invited you on. This is the I, catharsis yeah. episode. Did you yeah. not know? It's a way to kick I, off know, season I mean, four. Look, I, I know you, I know it's the two of you, so I wasn't expecting it to be, you know, prim and proper, but it's, it was, we went to some dark places tonight. So. Thank you. Ah, I'm glad. That's, that's, that's part we of the were, course. But thank you for bringing us. We there. were in the basement the, under the eaves, <laughs> brushing out the spider webs. Yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for for having us on and taking. Thank the time you so much for being here. And I hope, hope, yeah. hope, I'm caught up enough with my reading enough to attend your um, girls from the county event on sunday virtually because i yeah. really want to it's it's free um you just, you have to register for it but it doesn't cost anything so oh that's the last thing we need from you um and you oh, should do that very, first very quickly very quickly very quickly where mm-hmm. can people find you well, on donna the should just like share girls from the county where people can go for that first that's exactly, and then exactly. Into the rest exactly so um Girls from the County um, is available through Raw Dog Screaming Press, uh, rawdogscreaming.com, or you can get it on Amazon. Of course, you can get everything on Amazon. So, And then um, through Barnes & Noble online as well. 
and um, everything, you know, we just, we still don't have a totally cohesive uh, hub for all of our things. So all of our books can be found through Raw Dog Screaming Press and Ego Likeness is on Bandcamp and through Metropolis Records. Stoneburner is on Bandcamp and through Cop International. Mm-hmm. I have an Instagram. It's dnote, D underscore, N-O-T-E underscore. I also have the Garbage Witch Instagram. Mm-hmm. Steven's got Ego Likeness Instagram. I'm on Twitter as Geek Lioness. Oh, Steve's yeah. on there as Ego Likeness. And uh, we're all over Facebook. Yep. And um, just under um, Stephen Archer, Donna Lynch, and there's Ego Likeness page and a Stoneburner page. So, yeah, I mean, you know, just if you put any of those words into Google, all of our it's stuff. It's pretty easy to find <laughs> us, yeah. yeah. So, so just people, just just go. Do and your the deal. girls from the county is Sunday. Yes, there's the launch party on Sunday. On my social media, there's uh, links to it. It's through Hop In, and it is free. You just have to, but you do have to register for it. So. I really want to. If I'm caught up enough in my reading submissions, I want to be there. Yeah. And this episode sure, will probably sure. drop Sunday night. So <laughs> yeah, well, if you're hearing this now, you can still go back and like find stuff. So Buy the yeah. fucking book. Read yeah. it after the fact. <laughs> Buy Do the that. fucking book. <laughs> I like that. I want to get a t-shirt that just says buy the fucking book. I wish that was on the back of the book. Yeah. Like you saying, like that, that would be the next pressing. Yeah, the next, next buy the fucking yeah. book. Right? It's, it, it's, it's basically printed like a barcode, but it reads buy the fucking book. Oh my God, <laughs> that would be so brilliant. Okay, we should let you guys get into your lives. Love you guys. Miss you. Thank you so much Love for being part of this. This has been no, wonderful. This was great. Thank you. So much fun. Thank you. Well, thank you. Take care. Love you. Thank hey, you for hey. being here. Have a good thank night. Thank you so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Wasn't that awesome? I can tell you this much. Editing this was so much fun. I was laughing my butt off. I hope you were all too, because that was really, it was really good. Not a long, whole time. There was some serious, there were some serious moments, but it was uh, clearly a conversation amongst friends and we had a great time. So we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Tell your friends to have a listen too. Yeah. Have a meet for tea cast party. Hey, there's an idea. We should work on that. There's an idea. Meet for tea cast parties. Maybe we can invent a drinking game for each episode. Oh, not everybody would want to do that. That's no. okay. So anyhow, thank you for joining us for season four, episode one. Tune in to our Facebook page on September 10th. Yes. I would say go there now and... Keep your eyes on it from now till then until we can announce. Ooh, actually, also... Hmm? One more thing? Get yourself a copy of our most recent completed chapbook, Linda Krause's Popcorn Icons, which is being reviewed as a tour de force. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's lovely. It's poems about movies, guys. Yeah. There's everything from Hitchcock to Bunuel to Scorsese and Kubrick and beyond it's so much it's a delight it is really really good of course we would think so because we put it out yeah (laughs) that's available on amazon just look for popcorn icons it's also available 
directly from us and it is in some independent bookstores and we're working on getting it into more but you can get it if you live in our area you can, you can also, get it at book moon you can go to your local bookstore and go hey i'd like to order a copy of popcorn icons we wish you would wherever you live yes wherever you live get your local indie bookstore to carry it yeah that would be great order one for yourself and have them order one for their stock and that would be fantastic but i think that does do it for us this time around it does thanks so much for joining us love you guys and we will see you next time in a couple weeks we'll be back weeks we'll be back cheers cheers the meat for tea cast is produced by elizabeth mcduffie and meat for tea the valley review mixed by Mark Allen Miller at Stone Lab, East Hampton, Massachusetts. Visit Meat for Tea at www.meatfortea.com. Please consider going to anchor.fm to make a contribution through our contribution page. You can reach us through meatforteacast at gmail.com, or you can leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash meatforteacast. We welcome suggestions for contents for the Meat for Tea cast. If you've attended a Meat for Tea Cirque and want to hear from one of the bands or one of the spoken word contributors, please let us know. All portions are copyright Meat for Tea and their respective holders. Vote for Meat for Tea on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Elizabeth. Meat for Tea on Instagram and on the Meat for Tea and Meat for Tea cast Facebook pages. Meat for Tea is available everywhere you get your favorite podcasts.